His name is Cabretti. He's a cop. He believes that victims have rights and that crime's a disease. He's the cure. They call him Cobra, the strong arm of the law. Stallone is Cobra. Rated R. Opens this week at a theater near you. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Cobra, which was released in the US on May 23rd, 1986, and in the UK and Ireland on August 1st, 1986. It was written by Sylvester Stallone and directed by George P. Cosmatis, although they say Sylvester Stallone was the real director. It stars yep. Sylvester Stallone, Brigitte Nielsen, Rennie Santoni, uh, Buffy's Brian Thompson, Andrew Robinson, <laughs> and Art Lafleur. Yeah, you had to put the Buffy. I did, in there. I did, yeah. because I yeah, immediately no, recognized him. And that's, that's what that's what we know him from. Well, I know him from this, but then Buffy. Yeah, but yeah that's you, what I know, you him, know from. him from. Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going to happen is this: Jen and I have thought three problems. This movie has three each, and the positive, and we'll have a little discussion. And the synopsis is thus. This is from Googles. I didn't write this one. Googles? This is from the Googles. I didn't write this one myself. A gang of neo-fascist thugs break into people's homes and kill them at random. Cobretti, although they do also pull over people in cars, I don't mention that. Yeah. Um, Cobretti is brought on to end these activities. <laughs> activities? It's not fucking squash. It's something to do. Like, let's find an activity. You know what? Let's go kill people. It's just a fun activity. Um, which leads to a battle between the thugs and Cobretti. Now, what is missing from that synopsis, Jen? Brigitte Nielsen. Brigitte Nielsen, the witness to mm-hmm. <laughs> to um, to what Brian Thompson's face looks like. Mm-hmm. They just completely forgot her in the synopsis. Because fuck women. Women don't matter. Yeah, women don't matter. Um, so, this is Jen's first time watching this movie. Mm-hmm. So she has no history with it. I, I've seen it a lot of times. It wasn't one of my go-tos, I don't think, but I have seen it lots of times. But I would have watched things like Tango and Cash more than this, like other Stallone movies more than this. But maybe I would like, shove this on in VHS because it was 90 minutes long, not even 90 minutes long, just put it on and that would, you know, waste some time. Uh, but I did watch it a few times growing up. I say a few... My few for action movies is probably like a dozen, yeah. two dozen maybe. I don't know. It depends. I would take summer holidays and just sit in my room for days and just watch these movies endlessly. That's all I would do. Can I tell you about a memory this movie gave me? Uh-huh. I was sitting down to watch it and I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. And then I was thinking, you know, you say you haven't heard of these movies, but you worked in a video store. So you probably, like, I probably saw the case, maybe shelved the movie. And I started thinking about the... uh the action section at the video store I worked at mm-hmm. and it's, you know, just kind of remembering the, the look of the movies and they didn't seem to interest me, but I was, I just remembered the cases that, you know, there's clear cases they would put the VHS in that you would take it home in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I felt like I could smell 
those cases. It's like a smell of kind of like smoke. And I don't know yeah. what else because they've been in so many homes because so many people have rented them. And it was just like such a vivid like memory I had in that moment of the grossness of those cases. But it's and it's gross, but it's also like kind of comforting because memory because <laughs> I worked in the video store for so long. I know. So uh, I probably heard of it and handled one of the really gross cases. I've probably watched it on TV a couple of times as well. This was edited here as they all were in the 80s. There was a lot of violence that was cut out. And there was also a lot of violence cut out before it became Mm -hmm. (laughs) R-rated. They almost got an X rating. So the the MPAA cut it, and then the BBFC cut it further when it was released in the UK. So that's fun. Yeah, I read about that. I've I've noticed with Sylvester Stallone movies, the uh, IMDb uh, trivia doesn't disappoint because there's always plenty of drama and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it took me a long time to get through all that trivia yesterday. Well, we spoke about this movie before when we did Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, Stallone was supposed to be in that, and he rewrote it to be more like this. Um, but this is based in a book called Fair Game, um, written by Paula Gosling, I think, if, I, if my memory is correct. Yeah. They change quite a lot in the book, because in the commentary, I was listening to the commentary, the director said that the book is boring. So Stallone rewrote the entire Well, there thing. was a movie, um, Fair Game, in the 90s starring Sidney Crawford mm-hmm. and William Baldwin that was based on the book. And I read the synopsis and it sounds yeah. absolutely nothing like this movie. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same. The, the only thing is a witness. There's a witness yeah. and there's a guy protecting. That's the only thing that's taken from the book. My favorite piece of trivia that I read about this movie was that when the book came out, or when the movie came out, um, Sylvester Stallone wanted the novel reissued with himself listed as the author. Mm-hmm. And uh, the author was like, no thanks. That's insane. Yeah, Stallone had a, an ego on him in the 80s. He really did. That's really, like, that is an, like one of the biggest ego things I've ever heard. No, he definitely did. And he admits that himself now. Well, I've I've noticed, like, when reading trivia for his movies, it's like... There's a lot of stuff where it's like, what an asshole, and he has such an ego and everything. But then there's also a lot that you read where it's like, look at this smart guy making smart decisions. <laughs> like, he's good at what he does. Yeah. Um, Creatively, like, not just talking about acting, but like creatively as a writer and as, I mean, technically a director in this. Like, there were a few things I read mm. where I was like, oh, okay, that's that was smart, even though this movie is kind of a mess. Yeah, it definitely is. But he knows it. That's why he has the ego, because he knows that he's smart. And he knows that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's because he's trying to prove it as well. Yeah. Because, like, he gets a lot of shit for his acting and a lot of shit for the way he looks and the way he sounds. And I think that a lot of that sort of piled on him and he was like, right, I'm going to just do my best and uh, this is the way it's going to go and blah, blah, blah. And it just evolved into a big ego. Mm-hmm. Let us start with problems. Did you find three problems? I have more than three problems. I still am narrowing down, and I'm hoping that maybe you have at least one of my problems. Right. Well, my first problem is the movie's politics. Okay. Uh, It's the whole rogue cop who knows better Mm -hmm. and is better than the rest of the cops. Uh, It's uh, the whole idea that violence solves everything. Mm -hmm. Shoot first, ask questions later. The law isn't working. And the cop, like, cops should be above the law and all this fucking right-wing bullshit. The, th- the thing that pisses me off um, is 
when it comes to like watching like in a movie or TV show, watching a rogue cop or, you know, something like 24 with like a rogue agent, it's so much fun to watch and you root for them a lot of the time because it's like Mm. the other guys aren't getting shit done. But this guy is like Jack Bauer. He's the one who's like saving everyone. But in real life, you would hate it. It's, I mean, I guess it's the same as like watching a movie about a serial killer and like kind of like watching like Dexter or something and kind of hoping, well, I guess he's kind of rogue too, like hoping he kind of gets mm-hmm. away with it. And it's like, and then you really think about what you're thinking, like who you're rooting for. And it's like, yeah, it's a little disturbing. Cause it's like in real life, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was Sly's attempt at making a Dirty Harry um, type franchise mm-hmm. of the, of the cop who knows better and has actually got two actors from the first Dirty Harry movie in this. I've never seen Dirty Harry. That's a right winger's wet dream as well, that movie. Okay. Rennie Santoni, who plays his partner in this, mm-hmm. also plays basically the same role in um, Dirty Harry. And uh, Andrew Robinson, who was Monty, the, mm-hmm. the cop who hates Cobra in this, he's actually the killer in Dirty Harry. And the original script for this, apparently, so I've read that um, Andrew Robinson's character was actually supposed to be the main bad guy. Yeah. But that got changed as I well. That. So, but yeah, I mean, if you think about the, the, the beginning, he calls the, the, he calls the uh, Latino guy and the, and the, the one who's shooting up people, he calls him amigo, mm-hmm. fair enough. But then the group that ba- he bashes their car are Latinos. There's like only two black people in this movie. One of them gets grabbed by Stallone during the montage. That's the only person he manhandles is during the montage. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody behind the bar. And then later on, there's a security guard that gets shot and he's black. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's the 80s. <laughs> But growing up, I never thought about stuff like this. Yeah, I, most of us, and when I say us, I mean white people. Most of us didn't. <laughs> like, we didn't think about that. Yeah, and especially being Scottish, I never thought about, like, the, the whole right-wing, left-wing stuff mm-hmm. that permeates in some of the movies that we watch. I just didn't think about it. I didn't know about it. Yeah. What's your first problem? Um, There's a montage where, like, an entire song plays, and it goes on way too long, but there's a montage where they're, like, walking the streets and, like, trying to figure out what's going on or whatever, and there's, like, these quick cuts throughout it, like, to the beats of the song. Mm. There's, like, it's constantly showing, like, the robots from uh, Brigitte Nielsen's uh, photo shoot. Mm. And I would get that if it was, like maybe the beats right before we cut to that. Mm-hmm. But it's like the whole song and the entire time you're like, why am I seeing shots of robots? And the the sequence itself, even though I think it goes on too long, it would be fine. Except instead of concentrating on what Sylvester Stallone's doing during that, I'm like, why do I keep seeing robots? <laughs> Your actual problem, the robots. <laughs> it's it's those flashes of the robots throughout the song. Right. That, okay. Like you're seeing these flashes of a robot like one or two minutes before you actually see why there's robots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so confusing. I wouldn't diss the robots, Jen, because they're actually better actors than Bridget Nielsen, so... Uh, <laughs> when it first started happening, I was like, is there a problem with this movie? Like, is it... Is it sci-fi now? Is it starting to flash on another movie? Like, is there something wrong with yeah. my streaming? Like, it, it's not mm-hmm. good. It's not good. It starts way too early, those flashes of robots. Yeah. Is this turning into a sci-fi movie? What is happening? It was, it was very distracting. So my second problem is, who fucking uses scissors to cut their pizza? <laughs> who uses scissors to cut pizza, Jeff? Who does that? 
Also, I hate cold pizza, so that's a twofer for I, me. I used to like cold pizza. <laughs> now the idea grosses me out, but when I was younger, yeah, I liked cold pizza. Um, but that's not even cold pizza. That's pizza that's been sitting out for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not cold. It's like old, old. pizza. <laughs> yeah, that is old pizza, and he cuts it with scissors. I mean, I suppose it's supposed to be like a like a character quirk, but it's like the only one he has. Mm. That and the matchstick in his mouth, and we'll talk about that okay. later. But I'm glad we'll talk about that. <laughs> but um. But yeah, it just it's that is one of the weirdest things I've seen in a movie. I mean, a lot of this movie was actually ad libbed as well, so maybe that was like just a thing Stallone thought of on the day. Mm. I doubt he does that in real life, but he just maybe thought that that was something that Marion does. Like it just felt kind of like showing he doesn't give a fuck, and also like he doesn't. I guess he doesn't care about eating. Like it seems like he's eating just yeah. enough to like stop his stomach growling. Like that's yeah, exactly. That's what he's doing. Because he's got a full, a full slice of pizza and he cuts the end off and eats the end. So weird. And he complains about food throughout the entire thing yeah, as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, he does. So, what is your second problem? Um, the movie was too dark. Uh, sometimes I couldn't tell what was going on. Um, in the movie, just like the lighting and everything. Like, I mean, I know the thing. Like, it takes place mostly at night. Yeah. But it was just too dark, and I hate that. That that shit drives me crazy. Um, and I think I've complained about this with another movie before. I don't remember, but like my big example for the for things being too dark is Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch Bates Motel, and I really liked it. Um, but the only time I had to really watch it was like I'd put it on the background at work on my phone, and it was so dark. Like when you're watching it on a small screen like that, you like literally can't see anything. Mm-hmm. I had to stop watching the show completely because of that. And ever since then, I've been even more annoyed by things being too dark. Uh, Yellow Jackets is like that as well. Sometimes on Yellow Jackets, I don't know what's happening. Right. And in this movie, that happened a few times where I'm just like, I can tell someone's face is on screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can't really tell what's going on. I hate that. What um, what screen were you watching this on? I mean, it was a TV. It's like a big TV, mm-hmm. but it just some scenes were just too dark. I had no problems with it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like the contrast or something on my TV, but yeah, it could be could be settings on your TV. Yeah, but I hate that. By the way, I did end up going. Not that it matters, but I did end up going back to Bates Motel in the last season because that's when they did Psycho, mm-hmm. and uh, Rihanna was the Janet Lee character. All right, and I would recommend even just that season. Right. Okay. It was a it was a good season, but yeah, that show was way too, it, like that was sad having to quit a show just because I couldn't see what was going on. Yeah. Um, so, Rihanna played Marine Crane. Yep. Wow. Apparently, she was a massive fan of the show mm-hmm. and was, like, desperate to be on it. Well, you know, you're not, gonna, you're not exactly going to turn her down, <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, and uh, it, was, it was good. It was good. They changed some things from Psycho, but, like, that season was really good. And I, I was looking forward to it because the first time I watched Psycho was when I worked at a video store. And when I would watch series, when I worked at a video store, like, I would take the whole thing home. So I watched Psycho, Psycho 2, Psycho 3. I can't remember if there was a fourth one, but then I watched the remake. That is. That I will defend until death. So this was just like, this. it was kind of like watching another remake. Like a really long other remake. Yeah, I'll defend, I'll defend Psycho 2. I think Psycho 2 is really good. But there is a fourth one, it was a TV movie. Mm -hmm. It still had uh, Perkins in it but like just wasn't like, he like calling a radio show or something yeah he is yeah 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 okay yeah, he is and he's telling the story 
um, of his youth, and it's um, Henry Thomas from ET that plays a young Norman Bates in that. Mm-hmm. So it's my third problem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So my third problem, all the way through the movie. Stallone has a matchstick <laughs> in his mouth. So you'd think he'd use that at one point. But when he sets a guy on fire at the end, he doesn't take the matchstick. I thought he used it at the end. Yes, but he takes it from his pocket. Oh, I He didn't... doesn't have it in his mouth. I didn't notice that. He doesn't have it in his mouth during that scene. He takes it from his pocket and uses it. And that is a, that is that's a cheat. <laughs> he still uses it, but he doesn't take it from his mouth and use it. And that's that annoyed me. See, I knew you'd have at least one of the same problems. I mean, like, that's not my, specifically my problem, him not using it, but like... Just him having My it. first note is toothpick, because at first I thought it was a toothpick in his mouth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I realized it was a match, it was just like... I know you're supposed to look cool, but like, this is kind of lame. Like, you have a matchstick in your mouth the entire <laughs> movie. And uh, it, I just... Oh, I didn't... I didn't like it. No, nah, it's strange. I mean... That's enough. I think that's enough of a quirk. You didn't need the scissors cutting up <laughs> pizza. You didn't need that. And uh, like the weird thing he does with the bobblehead when he bobbles his like head on the bobblehead. Yeah, I mean that's kind of cute. But I mean it's uh, kind of humanizes him a bit. Mm. But the the cutting the the pizza with the the scissors makes him uh, that sort of alienates me a little. And it him. really bothers you. It does. Because <laughs> who does that? The bobblehead thing. I would do that. I would do the bobblehead thing because that's just a little quirky sort of yeah and I wouldn't put the matchstick mm-hmm. I wouldn't put the matchstick in my mouth either so yeah, it does bother me it does bother me Jen it does I, I believe you so what <laughs> what is your third problem um gosh how do I choose <laughs> I'm gonna go with, okay I'm gonna go with this when he's um when he and his partner first meet with Virginia Nielsen, his partner's like, man, she's a looker. And Cobra's mm-hmm. like, dude, I'm on the job. Like, I'm not thinking about that kind of shit. And I thought that was cool. And then he starts a romance with her. <laughs> and I'm like, once yeah. again, once again, we have unnecessary romance in a movie. Like, somebody is trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. And we're sticking this in the movie. I don't like it. My note says romance, yuck. I'm sick of it. And I know this is this is probably the third or fourth time this has been my problem with the movie. And it, it won't be the last. It won't be the no. last because it is unnecessary. Maybe maybe it's just because he couldn't keep his hands off her because uh, apparently he was wasting a lot of time on set just like grabbing her ass and shit. They were married. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> come on, be professional. Um, yeah, exactly. But I didn't need the romance. And and especially considering how much they cut out of this movie, like reading about it, like they had to mm-hmm. cut so much out of this movie. It's like if you didn't have any romance in it, that would have helped with cutting down the movie. I hate it. That's definitely not needed. It could have, they could have kept that to the end. Um, just have them ride off together. Yeah. And the bike. Well, and I loved the, I loved the professionalness of like, yeah. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to how she looked. I like that as well. But then they, bangs her anyway so i mean it's well and also there's the whole thing of like when we're introduced to her she's being so sexualized by um like i think it's the photographer and he he's like trying to get her to he's pressuring her to sleep with him like for her career yeah so when we're introduced to her it's like in a scene where like someone only sees her as a sexual object so then when that's like Mm -hmm. what she becomes later a little to cobra yeah um, it makes me feel really bad for her. Absolutely. And that, I thought that was really interesting. Like, what a random thing, like, that whole conversation with the photographer. Yeah. 
It was so weird. David Rash. Um, he plays that kind of character very well, though. Mm-hmm. Right, so do you know how old Bridget Nielsen was when she did this movie? No, I didn't actually look it up. 22! Holy fuck. 22. She's currently only 59 years old. I would have thought 30s. Nope. She does not look 22. Oh my god. Yeah, she's, she was 22. She was born in 63, I think, so that would make her 22 uh, filming this. How old was Sylvester Stallone? In his 30s, I think. Okay. Yeah, so she married Stallone in 85, and then they got divorced in 87, <laughs> and they made this in between. But she was also in Rocky Four the year before this. Okay. He directed that one. So I think they met on that and then they got married, made this, got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we? We're on positives now, aren't we? Mm-hmm. My positive was going to be... That song. That song. Because uh, I forgot I liked it. But then it's then the third act happened and all those guys started getting thrown off bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my, <laughs> so my um, positive is the stunts because, <laughs> holy shit, there are people getting thrown off bikes, people getting, like, real explosions, like, causing them to fly through the air and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, real stunts. Uh, the stunt coordinator was Terry Leonard. Um, and he was also the second unit director, and he's probably best known for being Harrison Ford's stunt double, and um, in the first three Indiana Jones movies. So yeah, you know what? You know I'm a sucker for stunts, Jen. I know for actual real life stunts and not CGI stunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, what is your positive? Um, well, first of all, I thought about you yesterday. Um, oh, uh, I think <laughs> I couldn't remember my kid's name, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Xander and I were we've been watching Family Guy a lot lately and it's mm-hmm. inappropriate and so usually I pre-screen the episodes but then I've let him watch episodes I haven't pre-screened when we're together um because at least then I can explain things to him and which is how he yeah. just learned about abortion was because of Family Guy oh, but, Jesus yeah Christ. and periods um but anyway right. so we're watching um i think it was the family guy movie and uh there's a point where stewie jumps out a window mm-hmm. when he's falling it's a grown man and he falls in a dumpster yeah. and then stewie pops out <laughs> and it was yeah. such a funny joke to me like the whole stuntman thing and i thought about you because it was it was and xander didn't ask about it so i don't know if he really thought about it but i was just like that's a funny joke <laughs> yeah so. as yeah, I did. I did notice a stunt double in this actually, <laughs> as I as I want to do. When the guy jumps, when Stallone's in the back of the the, the pickup truck, mm-hmm. and all the bikes are coming, there's a guy that jumps onto the pickup truck, and there's a shot of Stallone's stunt double when he's fighting with the guy. You mm-hmm. can actually see his face; it's very clear. Um, but anyway, yeah, stunts. Woo! Anyway, my my positive. <laughs> Yes. It's a small moment, mm-hmm. but for some reason it really cracked me up when mm-hmm. Regina Nielsen is putting ketchup on her fries. Yeah. <laughs> Cobra gets this look of like disgust. It's like, it's kind of like disgust mixed with like kind of maybe confusion or something about like the amount of ketchup she's putting on her fries. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious. Yeah, the, and I and I don't say this to be mean, but I think it was the best acting he did in the movie. Like, just, like you really believe that he's like disgusted yeah. by the amount of ketchup she's putting on her fries. Yeah, this isn't Stallone's best acting. It's not. It does this. This part doesn't really call for a lot of acting. It just calls for a lot of sort of stoicism and um, like one-liners, mm-hmm. drawl one-liners, and it's like, but that moment it does that and the the um. The bubblehead mm-hmm. uh, thing that that humanizes 
Marion. Yeah. That, the fact his name's Marion. That humanises him. Obviously, that's a fucking John Wayne reference. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's another fucking right winger there. Um, that's a, that was a really strange... <laughs> uh, it's usually me it comes up with the strange positives, Jen, but that was a really strange positive. I like it. It, I like it, it. was just like... It was my favourite moment in the movie. It was just that look on his yeah. face was just hilarious. Yeah. And I don't... And I don't... Like, because I didn't... I mean, I didn't really like the movie very much. And um, I did yeah. have a lot of problems with it. But, like, it's not like I think it's so bad that it was, like, tough for me to pick that, what like, a positive. Mm-hmm. It's just that mm-hmm. that one... Because usually if it's a small moment like that, it's because there's literally nothing else that I like. But really, it's just that I just loved that moment. Yeah. So what is what is other problems that you had then? It's so funny because you know they cut well like thirty or forty or there's at least a cut out out there that have an extra thirty mm-hmm. or forty minutes of footage, right? Like they clearly mm-hmm. had a lot of footage, and this movie's only an hour and a half, but I still got bored sometimes. Really? Yeah. Like I the the big t- this has only happened a few times when watching movies for the podcast, but like a lot of the times when I'm watching stuff, I'm like messing with my phone, like playing a game on my phone or something. But whenever I'm watching something for the podcast, mm-hmm. I want to give it all of my attention. And there was a point in this movie where I picked up my phone and started playing a game. And that's <laughs> a bad sign. Like that I'm sitting I can't just sit there watching the movie because I'm a little bored. And and part of that was because it was darker and I couldn't see as much. And so it was like... Right. I get you. Yeah, that there were some parts where I was just like not into it. One of the pieces of trivia is in an interview, Sylvester Stallone described the character of Marion Cabretti as Bruce Springsteen with a badge. And that's part of my problem is that like... It's like he's trying too hard to be cool. Like Cobra's supposed to be so cool and he has like way too many one-liners mm-hmm. way too many little like not catchphrases but the kind of thing that if it was just if it was just one or two one-liners it could be a catchphrase or something like just yeah. too many too many he says too many cool things and he has this cool match in his mouth and he's just so fucking cool and i ooh, yeah it's it's trying too hard it definitely is um but also you, you gave that description there it's like there's zero self-awareness with certain aspects of this movie mm. because um, the Dirty Harry movies sort of lean towards right wing. This this is sort of right wing. Uh, you've got Stallone, who is a Republican. Um, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of isn't. Mm-hmm. He, he's not right wing. And it's that self-awareness, lack of self-awareness where, like, American politicians will go out on stage to fucking Born in the USA Mm -hmm. um, because it's called Born in the USA. Yeah. So they think it's an America Fuck Yeah type song. They're not listening to the lyrics. Exactly. So there's, like, that lack of self-awareness and it's like, oh, he's cool like Bruce Springsteen, Mm -hmm. but he shoots people in the head. You know, like Bruce Springsteen does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not exactly the same politics there. By the way, something I just thought of, because I could hear Xander running up the stairs and going, his room is next to my office, and I could hear him slam the door to there. And I was just thinking, like, one of the one of the reasons I have, or the main reason I have to leave the house when I do homework is because he won't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But he leaves me alone when I'm recording, so maybe I should just make him think I'm constantly recording, and then maybe he'd leave me alone. <laughs> Just constantly be like, I'm going to go record for a few hours. Yeah, why not? 
<laughs> if he leaves you alone while you record, because there's a do not disturb sign on my on my door, but the only time it gets respected mm-hmm. is when I'm recording. He did come in one time. I remember he came in one time because <laughs> I remember waving to yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> but that's pretty good. The fact that it was only once. Yeah, just one time. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have any more any more notes you want to say? Uh, yes. So this made me sad. Uh, Brian Thompson had to buy his own ticket to see the film himself personally because he was not invited to the film's premiere by the film's producers and Warner Brothers, which still mystifies him to this day. That is weird. Dude was the villain of the movie. Yeah. And he didn't get invited to the premiere. And this was a guy who, based on the trivia I've read, like put a lot of thought into his character. Like, mm-hmm. had a lot of ideas. But even having ideas, like, went and... Like, there was one thing, I forget what it was, like, something about having Polaroids of his victims or something like that. And, like, he went mm-hmm. to, to Sylvester Sloan and suggested it. And Sylvester Sloan was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, do it. And, like, this was someone who really thought about what was going on and had ideas. And it made me wonder if, like, because it sounds like the director didn't like him very much. Mm. And so I'm wondering if, like, the director blocked him from going or something. Maybe. That, that just really bummed me out. Let's just talk about the, the rumours then that Sly actually directed this movie. Mm-hmm. Because listening to the, the commentary by Cos- Cosmatos, I, I believe it. Because he's constantly complaining about the movie <laughs> and how it's directed. Like, constantly. He, he keeps saying, I don't like that shot, I don't like that shot. Um, we kept that too long. That was that. Uh, there shouldn't have been a song during the, the love scene or whatever. Like, during that scene, it should have been score. Um, it's just and all this and complains about editing and all that and he just but then at the very end of the commentary he says I bet you didn't expect a director to uh, to diss his own movie like this but I think it's good for a director to diss his own <laughs> movie but I think it's because he didn't actually direct a lot of this movie <laughs> <laughs> oh man that sounds uh, almost as bad as um, and I, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this but the, the commentary for Psycho 2 mm-hmm it's Mia Kunis, who, like, throughout the whole commentary is really bubbly and happy and eating donuts and just, like, having mm-hmm. a great time. And then the director, um, Morgan J. Freeman, he clearly hates where he is in his career mm-hmm. and is so down on the movie. And at one point, if I remember correctly, he just, like, falls asleep during the commentary. Does he? And Mia Kunis is just, like, talking by herself. Like, he mm-hmm. just... I want to say he was the one who directed Hurricane Streets. Um, that it was like the first student film to actually be released in theaters. That like, all right, he, he had this very promising, like he was one of those up and comers that everyone was raving about, and that he was going to have this great career. And then he's at this point where he's like directing American Psycho two and episodes of mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek, and he just he wants to die. Like it is upsetting and i'm like why did why would you even do the commentary yeah you you said psycho 2 or no, sorry not psycho 2 american psycho 2 but then you said milo kunis and i said well yeah american psycho because we were just talking about psycho yeah american psycho 2 yeah yeah which was is that was one of those movies that was made as just like a normal movie and then like after it was done or towards the end they were like oh let's make it american psycho changed a couple things but yeah the yeah director's bashing their film or like not being happy with the film it it sucks if you actually like the movie Mm -hmm. it sucks to hear that kind of stuff if you actually are enjoying it yeah well do you like american psycho too i didn't i didn't like it but i didn't hate it like mia kunis is fun to watch so she really she really made it um, it would have, but it's one of those things where, like, so American Psycho Two isn't good, but if it was just a regular movie and not a sequel, 
you would like it a lot better. Yeah. It's just the fact that it's supposed to be, like, related to Patrick Bateman. Yeah, they shoehorn that in. But also, it doesn't make any sense in the fact that she she's pretending to be someone else, but then that girl's parents go to meet their daughter and just think that Mila Kunis is her daughter, and they don't question that she's not their daughter. It makes no sense. I don't remember the movie. I remember the commentary better than I remember the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only other note I had is at one point during filming, Sylvester Stallone complained to cinematographer Rick Waite that they were falling behind and said he and his crew needed to work harder. Waite responded by saying that if Stallone gets his hands off Brigitte Nielsen's ass and stops showing off to his bodyguards, maybe they wouldn't have problems with time. Stallone was shocked that somebody would talk to him that way, but he toned down his ego for a few weeks. Um, <laughs> like, I... I love that someone spoke to him like that because it's his ego was it sounds like his ego was out of control and yeah um it also like it kind of made me think of um did you pay attention to the press tour for uh don't worry darling yeah and it's like everyone was clearly disgusted by the fact that during that movie Olivia Wilde just like couldn't keep her hands off a uh, Harry Styles and that like people would hear yeah. them having sex in the trailer and stuff and it's like these people are just like too horny to be professional. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd compare Olivia Wilde to to Sylvester Stallone, but apparently <laughs> he had the same problem. And I just love that someone talked to him like that, and that like not only that somebody talked to him like that, but like instead of having such a big ego that he fires him, he's like he actually shaped up for a few weeks. Yeah, and and didn't do that stuff. Yeah, I mean that just goes to show that it humbled him a little mm-hmm. bit. His first, like, major movie that he did was nominated for Oscars, you know what I mean? So, Rocky was nominated for... He was nominated for Best Actor and Best Original Screenplay. Mm -hmm. Screenplay. I can't say it. Screenplay! In the 1977 Oscars. So, that would sort of boost your ego a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then, because of that, you're getting all these projects that people are giving you money to make, that stuff that you, you like that you're interested in or whatever and you're getting free reign so it does it will boost your ego but then for someone to turn around and say that to him it's like you know it does humble him a little bit and now I think he is quite humble I think he's kind of because like I said earlier he does realise that he was a bit of an egotistical prick back then well I think it probably helps when one's career goes downhill a little and they're not a huge star mm-hmm. like that's the thing is you constantly hear these stories about these people getting huge egos and it's like it's always when they are at the top of their game but that rarely lasts like they're like yeah um, Stallone only really kept in the public eye because of Rocky Balboa and then the Creed movies mm-hmm. because the Creed movies brought back um, Rocky um, the first two did anyway, and it ended Rocky's story in Creed 2. And that's the only real reason he's really kept in there because of that one character, because the Creed movies were like very highly mm-hmm. um, critically acclaimed and all that stuff. Uh, but now he's got Tulsa King and, um, I and he's sort about of that. back in the. Yeah, he's back in the sort of public eye. I still haven't watched Tulsa King. I feel. Neither have I. Yeah, but I live in Tulsa. Like, I'm supposed to have seen it. Right, so my notes, quickly, because we've said a lot of them. Around this time last year, I picked Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. for the podcast, and that was set at Christmas. Um, and I forgot this was set at Christmas, pointlessly. But the only reason it's set at Christmas is because that's when they filmed. Okay. Um, they actually filmed in December. Uh, and, like, one of the, the last scenes, like, the scenes in the foundry at the end, they actually filmed on New Year's Eve. 
the girl that Stallone helps up in the supermarket uh, after he kills the bad guy is his real life niece. But the director said that he he cast her and Stallone didn't know that he was cast. That's just a coincidence. Mm. I don't believe that. <laughs> Those are actual homeless people in the montage. Okay. They just filmed homeless people in the streets for the montage. Uh, the hospital is actually an insurance company. So that's probably why it's just got well, all the elevators and the escalators. It's not an actual hospital. And my last one is, after the model presses... I can't remember the character's name. After Bridget Nielsen presses the fire alarm, we hear a voice saying, don't use the elevators. But in a panic, and, and as the killer is leaving, we see a woman push push an empty wheelchair into an elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the director admits that that was a mistake in the commentary, and they should have done that, because he hates his own movie. <laughs> because I don't think it's his movie. Um, so... Our next pick, Jen, is yours. What is our next movie? Please tell me you've picked something. Oh, no, it's something you want to do. Uh, oh. It's Trojan War. Yay! <laughs> and I know you've been wanting to do it, but it's out of your date range, so I yep, have to pick it. Yeah, I can't pick it, because 97. Yeah. So, and it's the rare yeah. movie. Like, I constantly, the movies I think of are movies I saw multiple times. Um, I have mm-hmm. trouble thinking of movies I only saw once. And that's one of them. And I remember not liking it very much. So it'll probably be a better Mm -hmm. pick than uh, my previous picks. Yeah, it's not good. But I really just want to talk about it. I just have been wanting to talk about it for a long, long time. Um, It's it's also one of the reasons why I wanted to do this this podcast, uh, along with The Crush. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness that you're a couple of years younger than me. And that I watched it. And that you saw it, yeah, definitely. So... That is all we have time for. Um, you can follow me on threads. I've, I've, I've heard tell of threads. Threads. Uh, and shiftybench.co.uk is a website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? Violence Vectors on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter. But during this recording, I got a notification. I got a new follower. So I don't know why that happens. But uh, there you go. Yeah, I... I have Twitter and occasionally look at it every few months. So thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Punching a hole in Monty's chest. You know what the trouble with you is? You're too violent. Mm. It's all that sugar you're eating. It's all that the junk first food. sugar I had all it's day. It's all that junk food you're swallowing. Oh, shit. Try prunes, something natural. Prunes? Raisins. Try fish. Fish yeah. and rice. Very yeah. good.